This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. In this episode, we're talking about the practice we call bless, share faith, and unselfishly give and serve. May the way open before you. Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. In season two, we're talking about the way of love beyond the church walls. I'm Kyle Oliver, and I'm here with Sandy Millian. Thanks, Kyle. Today, we're talking about the practice BLESS, and to do that, we'll be joined by Greg Russinger for a conversation about a very special ministry called Laundry Love. But of course, before we dive in with Greg, we have some teaching from Bishop Curry. Since this season of the show is all about following Jesus in a changing world, we asked Bishop Curry how to avoid having kind of an us-versus-them attitude toward people who are not religious or toward the quote-unquote secular culture. So here's what he had to say. If you had to distill the essence of the Christian faith, there is no doubt in my mind that you would come back to the reality of love not as a sentimental feeling, but love as a disciplined spiritual way of living, a way of life. And the nice thing is there actually are, at least in the Greek language, at least three words for describing different nuances of love. Um, eros, philia, agape. Eros is um, the Greek word eros. We get erotic. It's romantic love. Then philia is kind of fraternal. I mean, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's sort of fraternal love, if you will. Friendship, <laughs> that's what it's getting at. And agape is the kind of love that is service, that's not self-centered, but that really is involved in doing whatever it takes to seek the good and the welfare and the well-being of others. And so when the Bible, when the New Testament, and when Jesus specifically begins to talk about love, most of the time he's talking about agape, that selfless love. You know, when the Bible says there's the passage in John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Well, it's not talking about eros. <laughs> And it's not really talking about philia. It's actually talking about agape. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He so loved the world, not that he took, but that he gave. So that the love that Jesus of Nazareth talks about is a giving love, a self-giving love, a selfless love that paradoxically or miraculously actually reveals the true self. Jesus at one point said, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever would lose his life for my sake in the gospel, that person will find it. For what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Um, I mean, it's just clear. It's this selfless love, way of love, that, that really isn't about me. It's not about, I mean, I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to be all right, but it's not about me. It's about us. It's not about me. It's about we. Now, you're saying, so what's that got to do with the question you just asked? It's got everything to do with it. Because if your way of being Christian is basically the embodiment of that selfless way of love, there is no us versus them. There's no them. It's us. And that moves beyond judgmentalism. That moves beyond the arrogance of my religion's better than yours. That goes beyond the kind of arrogance, my opinions and ideology and thoughts are more important than your, I'm right and you're wrong. And that moves beyond all the power gain. Basically, that way of love tears down all the walls of Jericho that separate us and divide us and put anybody on top of anybody else. 
the answer to the question is the way of love. Is there a moment in your life when you were especially aware of walls in your life coming down? What did it feel like to experience this sense of love and connectedness? We know that people of many faiths and no faith heard and were touched by Bishop Curry's royal wedding sermon. So we also asked him what surprising responses he's heard, especially from people who might not hear many sermons. I've been surprised at the consistency of the responses to the actual message. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with me. I mean, it was a wedding and it was wonderful. You know, it was kind of a cool event and all that. So there, there, there was that dynamic going on. But there was something about the message itself, the message of the power of love, that it was almost like it was a reminder of something we knew before, but it's like the gravity of reality crushes out of us. <laughs> And I mean, I've had more conversations about how do you access that? How do you actually live that? Um, and I've had conversations about that still. I mean, this is a year later, still having conversations about that on airplanes and in airports and traveling around. And the questions tend to be pretty real. I've had those kind of conversations consistently since that. That's been a surprise. Not that, but the fact that it was the actual message which probably shouldn't be a surprise, but it, but it was a surprise to me. And I suspect that, one, that message of love is touching a deep need in us, a deep need that's in us no matter what time in which we live, but particularly in fragmented times, kind of like we are in, there's something about this love that reminds us that our origins are not just an accidental freak of nature, but that our origin and our lives are actually tied to a God who really is the source of love. And that love is the source of life. Now, I gotta tell you, I didn't, I mean, Michael Curry's not that good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to communicate that, only God can do that. And the biggest surprise, and I've been preaching, I've been ordained since 1978, the biggest shock to me was that that message actually took root. And I knew, I know I can't do that. And so I was actually surprised by God. <laughs> so now we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, Bishop Curry talked about the surprising power of the message of love. And before that, he talked about how in the Christian life, love um, calls us beyond the walls of an us versus them mentality. This next conversation um, talks about a ministry that brings that idea to life in a powerful way. And Kyle is going to kick us off. Sandy and I are here with Greg Russinger from Laundry Love. Greg, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role with the organization? Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Greg Russinger. I am the what we call the co-founder, probably more of the founder of Laundry Love. And there, there's reasons why we use the term co-founder. And I maybe we can get into that a little bit later. 
First question, a few of our listeners will have heard of Laundry Love, but could you just describe this ministry, this movement, and tell us a bit about how it got started? Yeah, first and foremost, I'm really thankful for the Episcopal Church because I know that they have really jumped into this initiative throughout the U.S., so we're really grateful. Yeah, Laundry Love, in its very simplest form, is it's a human care initiative. It's based on the premise that every human life carries tremendous dignity and worth. But Laundry Love washes the clothes and bedding of low to no income families, children, and persons throughout the U.S. We do so by partnering with faith communities, groups of all kinds, and local laundromats in towns and neighborhoods and cities and occupy their spaces to go ahead and do that very mission. And what's the story of how it got started? Probably about 15 and a half, almost 16 years ago now, I was pastoring, I had planted a community of faith in the Ventura, California area, very committed to our neighbors and neighboring really well. Not perfected, but definitely it was a process of learning and of love and of failure and of success. And in some of that experience, we came across some many beautiful people that taught us many beautiful things about life and who they were. And they in turn taught us about who we are. And one of those particular individuals was Eric. He went by the name of T-Bone on the street. And we just asked him a very simple question. We just said, what would it look like for us to come alongside your life in a way that would matter or be meaningful to you? He thought about it. And then he gave the response that, you know, if I had clean clothes, I think people would treat me as a human being. Mm. And that really became the precedent and sent Laundry Love all over the U.S. And so that's why earlier I said I'm the co-founder because we believe that Eric is the other co-founder. It was mm. from his story, his experience, his desire and his want that really sent us to knock on the door of a local laundromat and start from there. And this one friendship and this ministry started with just the two of you and a group of your church, and, and it ended up being all over the country. How many partnerships do you have so far? Probably from start to finish, over 600 locations at different points throughout those years. Approximately 1.5 to 1.6 million loads of laundry, wow. uh, over a million people served. Currently, we have about 350 active locations in the U.S. I love the language of co-founders, and it seems to me what's so beautiful and authentic about this ministry is this idea of lots of folks being in a laundromat together. (laughs) It got us thinking about this connection, this shift that lots of churches are making, and it sounds like churches you've served made this shift a long time ago, from an emphasis on doing things for people Mm -hmm. to doing things with people. Mm -hmm. How is that doing with been important for you and for this movement? That's the million dollar question. We hold to the value that Laundry Love is is not a service project because that can breed, not, not all the time, but it can breed an assumption that this is what you need or this is good news to you or whatever it might be. And so we have chosen to allow Laundry Love to be an expression of living with people And what that does, it creates a mutuality. It causes there to be a posture of listening towards the individuals or the families inside of the laundromat itself to understand their stories through asking questions, having curiosity. Uh, we, We sometimes say that we're always trying to learn and lean into how we might bear witness to love in the world. And I think when you bear witness... Hmm. That becomes the witness 
of love in the world. And withness takes time, it takes intention, it's never perfected, it can get a little messy in moments. But when you're inside a laundromat, you've got nothing but time. Mm. Hopefully, then that trust becomes mutual, and there's just so much more that gets expressed uh, through the time that is allotted in that laundromat. There has to be some courage from the people going to the laundromat and the volunteers. Is there some kind of rubric or training for volunteers to be able to handle the situations and, and make people feel welcome and you know build that trust that you were talking about? We are trying to always create content for any new established or any interested laundry love location. And so we're always updating that. You know, and I, I think even for the faith community, you know, the, the person of faith, I think that listening is how we enter <laughs> and listening is how we stay. And from the listening, then we figure out what the good news is for the particular family or the particular individual. And we just don't assume on them. And I think that's a form of blessing. I think when I read the story of Jesus, it's in the Mark 10 passage of Bartimaeus, who, as you know, was blind and on the road begging. And here he is screaming out this beautiful, which is now a prayer practice, maybe for some of us, many of us, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd rebukes and tells him to be quiet. And then he shouts louder. And Jesus, you know, hears and says, call him over. And then the crowd changes to be this invitational, inclusionary <laughs> crowd. And then Bartimaeus, he walks over to Jesus. And, and then Jesus asks him that profound question of, of inviting him to be in touch with his desire and his want and his longing. Jesus didn't assume on him. He just asked, you know, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, Jesus could see that he was blind, and Jesus could see that he was a beggar, and Jesus could see that he was being ridiculed and pushed down, and, and yet Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And th those type of questions that Jesus asks are examples for us, things for us to imitate as we enter into these third spaces, these laundromats. And the stranger teaches us about our conditional love and our conditional grace and our conditional mercy. And mm -hmm. then the stranger over time becomes the acquaintance. There's that mutuality that slowly gets built. And then the acquaintance becomes a friend and it goes into other facets of life and experience together. So I, I see, you know, if we want to consider a disciple as learner, you become the learner in these spaces. You become the apprentice to life and to service and to generosity and to love. And that is the gift of laundry love and the laundromat. Thanks for joining us today. This episode was produced by Kyle Oliver and me, Sandy Milian, and was edited by Kyle. Our theme and reflection music is by Ana Hernandez. Jerusalem Greer writes our reflection guides. Chris Sikema writes our show notes. Our website is by Caleb Heitzman, and you can check it out at wayoflove.episcopalchurch.org. Learn more about Laundry Love at laundrylove.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd especially love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute music, a prayer, or feedback, write us at wayoflove at episcopalchurch.org. This is Jane Gober coming to you from Pemberton, New Jersey. Merciful God, may we follow you into the world with curiosity and reverence, so that the impediment between us might be washed away and unfurl in us your steadfast love that neighbors well. In the name of Jesus, 
Son of God. Amen. The way of Jesus is the way of love, and the way of love can change the world. You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.